Welcome to Smart World People, Croeso e Pobl Gachliog Cymru. Another day of lockdown and social distancing, doing the whole coronavirus thing, still going strong, yay. Uh, so I'm once again stuck in my outdoor office. I currently have a very nice view of the neighbour's dog. Uh, they have a bench thing in their garden and the dog likes to stand on it and peer over the fence. So it looks like they have a really tall husky. So after last week's episode, cover some very serious matters with uh, Dr. Matt Morgan around medicine, death and grief. Uh, figure we go a bit lighter this week. I've been part of the Welsh comedy scene for around 16 years now, something I touched on in previous episodes a couple of times. But we explore that more explicitly uh, with today's guest, Dan Thomas. Uh, he's a contemporary of mine, but who is actually a comedian still. He doesn't just dabble like I do. and He's very active in lots of ways, as we'll see. And he's a big part of the burgeoning Welsh language stand-up scene. He's a very funny man. It may come as a surprise to some people that there is such a thing as a Welsh language stand-up scene, but there is indeed. And I feel like it should be flagged up a bit more. This is, in a way, me trying to make up for past actions, as I and several of my comedy friends were once in a BBC Wales TV show. Uh, it was a sort of a fly-on-the-wall documentary-slash-X-Factor-style contest, and the conceit was that Welsh comedians were completely unknown, so a London-based English agent had deigned to visit us and have us compete for the opportunity to be added to his roster. Yeah. Uh, I won't name the show, anyone involved, I'm sure they meant no harm. Uh, I don't regret the experience, I learnt a great deal from it, but most of it was about how ridiculous and cynical TV and media can be. And it was also the sort of show which I launched this podcast to counteract. Um, it was essentially Welsh people telling the world how crap we are and how we need help from outsiders. The tagline of the show was even, can you name a Welsh comedian, as if that's a rhetorical question. This was post-Gavin and Stacey, by the way, when Rob Brydon was everywhere. And in the grand final of the series, Rod Gilbert was literally stood right next to the cameras, looking increasingly angry, and rightly so. Was this experience what inspired his now trademark furious rants? Who knows? Maybe some good came from it after all. But the thing is, Welsh people have always been very healthily represented in comedy. The recently departed Terry Jones of Monty Python, he often described as the heart of the group. He was a proud Welshman. Um, the Pythons were inspired by the Goons, who wouldn't exist without Harry Seacombe, one of the Welshest people in history. Tommy Cooper was born in Wales, as was Paul Whitehouse of the Fast Show. Even acts like Max Boyce and Mike Doyle deserve credit for what they do, even you know, people will describe it as a bit old school now, but still, they do it. So yes, I can name a Welsh comedian, uh, predominantly male ones admittedly, but that's the industry for you. And another Welsh comedian is Dan Thomas, today's guest. Please enjoy. Okay, uh, here to record another episode of Smart Welsh People. Here today with Dan Thomas. Hello, Dan. Hello, Dean. That was loaded. <laughs> that was yeah. I'm not entirely sure what to, what to make of that. Uh, I'm sure. I'll, try. I'll go again. Dean! No, Hello. That, that no, sounded, this isn't any that, better. That sounded false. Yeah. Oh, so this is, is this the first episode you've done with, with a producer? Yes. Uh, well, again, not a producer. Not an official producer. No, no not what I asked like for. A spare just, cat wandering around. <laughs> which I also have. So it's uh, proving... Who's usually the producer. Uh, yes. Uh, produces, he produces something. <laughs> of whether or not it's better quality than this, <laughs> that really depends on your subjective uh, worth. So, I'd like to start these by checking Welsh credentials uh, to see how Welsh you are. Uh, there's no minimum maximum score. I just like to do it. It's a nice way of starting. So, born in Wales? Born in Wales. Yes. Uh, to both Welsh parents? Both Welsh parents, oh. yeah, yeah. Uh, Welsh grandparents? Welsh grandparents on both sides, yeah, yeah, all oh. four. How about great grandparents? Uh, I think then we start largely Welsh, but then we start getting a little bit into Cornwall. Okay, that's fine. Which is still Celtic. I think so, yes. So, 
had the same thing with my Irish great grandmother, so you know, I think it's fine. Oh, you're fine. It's, yeah, it's fine yeah, yeah. Uh, speak Welsh? Very much. Yes, I've, I've heard you do it, and I, well, unless you're making it up, it sounds. Yeah, okay. you wouldn't know. You wouldn't no, know. I wouldn't yeah, know. It's just it, it it's is. Swahili with an accent is what I'm actually doing. Yeah. think I'm speaking Welsh. Uh, live in Wales currently. Live in Wales currently. Mm. Born in Wales. Born in Wales. Yeah, in the same room oh, as Christian Bale. Not at the same time, and, <laughs> and he's at a he's. He's done better since, but it was the same. We started in the same place. Okay, uh, where was that? It was an hospital. <laughs> I got, yeah, Haverford West, Morriston. Oh, Morriston, right? Oh, good. Because I, 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 I forget he's actually born Welsh, isn't he? So yeah, uh, yeah. 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 And he, so does he, frankly. He I, I, I where to, comes from that. Yeah, point. I was about to say he doesn't uh, big that up much, does he? It's not something he. Uh, well, he doesn't puts... even know where he's from any given day. So oh no, yeah, he's Cockney. He's method, isn't he? So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. I'm glad we got out of our system already. The... Well, when you get him on the show, oh, well, you I'm... tell him from me. Mm. You know Welsh. <laughs> okay, well, I won't get him on the show then, because that does so... Well, that does undermine the concept of what I'm doing. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 So, uh, thank you for clarifying the Christian Bale issue, which I hadn't brought which up yet. Didn't come up, yeah. No, Sorry. but you know, it's, it's fine. It's good, it's good to get it out of the way now. So, um, you're, uh, how would you describe yourself uh, at the moment? A comedian, obviously, because that's what you do. Uh, Taurus. Is actually how I describe oh, myself. Um, but professionally, yeah. I've got five different jobs that are all mm. related to comedy in some way. Stand up is one of them. The other one's <laughs> writing stuff, producing some stuff for TV and radio. That kind of that's two jobs, and mm. um, uh, just back in dancer for the Supremes. <laughs> tangentially linked to yeah, comedy yeah, in some yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. How long? Well, I don't know what was it when you started doing stand-up in Welsh? Because I think I remember, we we started around roughly similar times. On... We started within the same fortnight, I reckon, yeah, like I 2005. So, yeah. yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. Um, and then I think maybe I've been going a year, and then somebody said, do you want to do a gig in Welsh? So I was like, no, I haven't spoken Welsh in 10 years, uh, hmm. and it wouldn't be funny. And then he said, it's 70 quid in it for you. And I was like, well, yeah, then yeah. <laughs> and so I did That's that, and I probably didn't do another one for years. And then again, somebody hmm. years later said, do you want to do it on TV? I was like, no. Hmm. And then they said how much it paid. Is like, well, yeah, yeah, right, fine. <laughs> a very mercenary approach to your own language, but I'm liking that. <laughs> well, not the language, but, but certainly because I thought not being able to do a great job of it because mm. yeah, yeah. Cause comedy, because the thing is, I keep saying this to people, comedy is, the thing about doing comedy in English is there's, there's five words for everything. So you can find the exact perfect word for the punchline of the setup. And it's because <laughs> some words will be, sometimes you use an old archaic word and it's just slightly funnier to use the obvious. And there's not that in Welsh. You know, there's one word for everything. Sometimes there's not even one word for everything. I was writing something a while back, and I was trying to find out what the Welsh word for um, wedding anniversary was. Hmm. And, it kept, and I Googled it, and I thought, well, that, that can't be right. So I'm phoning someone we know, Stefan Allen, hmm. who's a translator and a comic, and I said, I'm looking up the word for wedding anniversary, and the internet is telling me that it's uh, directly translated as uh, marriage birthday. <laughs> okay. And that can't be correct. Because, yes, it is. And it's weird because... There's a visual to that. That sounds like you've got it wrong when you say it. Mm. So if you're going to use that in a punchline, people are going to be like, "Is he? What's he? Has he forgotten the real word? Because there must be one." <laughs> so that was that's a challenge of doing comedy in Welsh, and which is something I shied away from doing it for so long initially. Right. I didn't know the Welsh. I knew like there was lots of English idioms, other ones in the Welsh language. Since obviously a lot more uh, cultural overlap in most recent decades, but no, there was that sort of. Uh, Absence in like the Welsh language, like, yeah, and, that, and that's I mean, I think that's part of the reason why I would never, if I was doing a joke that I needed to say wedding anniversary, I would just say wedding anniversary in mm. I'd just say it in English because everyone's going to be clear on what that means, and there's mm. not going to be that weird moment of what that you mm. get from being correctly Welsh. <laughs> nice. There is, um, there's an ongoing project now, Thomas Lomas's uh, positive lexicography where he's trying to gather up all the 
all the words in different languages which have emotional words for emotional expressions which don't have an English translation. Oh, okay. Like Schadenfreude would be the most famous example of that. But there's quite a few Welshmen in like a, was it? Hiraith, is it? Hiraith. Hiraith, yeah. Oh, God, people keep saying this. There's no translation for it. Yes, it is. It's longing for home. Yeah, it's I, more than that. No, yeah, but you get the gist. Yeah, but that's the thing. Every <laughs> every word in it has a translation next to it. Or it's just, yeah. It's just slightly more longer than one word. Yeah, in fact, so. hiraith, <clears throat> hir means long. I'm pretty sure it's going to be longing. That is the direct <laughs> translation. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, do, I, I do worry about this sort of, well, there's no word for that. Language isn't that rigid normally. Yeah. It's not quite Again, I, I love the Welsh language. I have no problem with it. I just I would just like to cut out some of the BS in my head. <laughs> I go, oh, you can't have a cut unless you're Welsh. You can. It's the same as a hug, <laughs> just with a half erection. That's the only difference. <laughs> I'm liking this take on it. We are, no, no, one's, no one's come from this angle before, which um, could have phrased <laughs> that. Which at the end of the cut, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you for going where I was going. <laughs> Fill in the blanks. I have no idea what the vibe of this <laughs> show is yet. Everyone's different so far, but this one's gone <laughs> dirty quickly. Let's, let's go with that. There's probably a Welsh word for that too. Vochev. Och, achavi. That's it. Achavi, I've only that for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one. Oh, that's not good. That's like, like, there, I'll, I'll be honest with you. you. To be fair, now we're talking about it, I don't think there is another translation. There's not an English achavi. It's, no. it's There's so much repulsion in that noise. <laughs> yeah. It's also a lot of substance to it. It's quite onomatopoeic. It's the noise yeah. of the thing that's made you go, ach. Yeah. Um, it's it's the, more than ach. It's the advantage of, of Welsh to have the ach. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of saliva in there, therefore you I feel bet like, there's Welsh and Klingon that says achavi. Achavi. Yeah, it does sound like a Klingon battleship, doesn't it? <laughs> the IKS <laughs> I love that. You still played it as a Welsh Klingon. That was like Windsor Davis <laughs> in charge of a bird of prey there. Oh, that is a spin-off. Enough what I would watch. You're all Klingons. <laughs> Would Lofty be in Klingon? Lofty? Uh, I don't know. I used to. I, I tried learning Klingon when I was a kid. Okay. Worth asking why or just... Uh... I don't know. I, I just thought, well, French isn't going great. Yeah. I thought it might be a response to, why you bother learning Welsh? No one speaks that. Oh, I love you. I love... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want futility. <laughs> let's take that and run with it. Yeah, that's... Uh... You said you didn't speak Welsh for 10 years. Is that just because you... Moved away from home or something, or you just didn't? Um, didn't have well, after school, it didn't come hmm. up. I was, went to a Welsh school, did my GCSEs, and then nobody hmm. said anything in Welsh to me <laughs> until uh, you know ten years later when I'm doing stand up, and they said, "Do you want to do?" In fact, I think they probably asked in English, "Do you want to do stand up in Welsh?" <laughs> and I said, and I said, "Yeah," hmm. which is Welsh for yes. You know, ah. it all came flooding back. <laughs> so was it? Um, you say it was quite daunted to speak humour in Welsh or any language which isn't your your first language. Would, would you say English is your first language or Welsh? Welsh is, my, is the first language I learned, but I mean, it depends how you define. I'm more hmm. comfortable speaking in English just because of more than half my life now. Yeah, I, I've, as English has been my daily language. Hmm. Yeah, so like when it's like your first language, I'll say first your primary language. Yeah, to do comedy in a different language is always a challenge. Because uh, I've never done it because I can't speak any other languages. I mean, I struggle with this one half the time. <laughs> Just know a few big words and people think I'm fluent in some way. But I some of them are Latin. I've, I've heard yeah, you say yeah. Latin words. Yeah, not, not not on purpose. Just uh, <laughs> that's English for you, isn't it? Just pig Latin. Yeah, I've, I've heard someone say it's not a language. It's three smaller languages in, in a trench coat. So <laughs> which I think is a nice way of describing this ridiculous mongrel tongue. Did, did you have English jokes or English language jokes that you just translated directly? Yes, or if I was, if I think I probably that would have been because that first gig was just we well, doing it a fortnight. Well, I'm not writing a new set in a different language that I'm not accustomed to. I'm not mm. doing that. I'm going to just translate the stuff. Yeah, um, I have. So the jokes I do in Welsh are probably more. Less of, more, less of a language thing, but more of a cultural knowledge that the, a Welsh-speaking audience would have than an English-speaking mm. audience 
wouldn't have. That's the only difference. I also be, I've, I've done some of the jokes that I wrote for Welsh in English, and it feels like you're taking the piss out of the uh, out of the Welsh, mm. which you are. But the thing is, when you do it in Welsh to an audience, it's more that recognition thing. Right. Yes. It well, doesn't feel like an attack. Yes, on, laughing together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Actually, I would have worried about that because not an aggressive way, but <laughs> you've been a guest on Smirchpod a few times now. Yes. Uh, with John Rain's podcast, which I love. I think it's brilliant. You're really good at it. But he's quite happy to deploy the uh, Welsh mockery jokes when you're on there. Yeah. And, and you're happy to join in with them. Yes, because I think it's funny. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's one of those things. stress that. It is very funny. The, I think the, the thing is, and I was talking about this with somebody else the other day, um, the impo- it's an entertaining show. Mm. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, I want to be funny on a show that's supposed to be funny, and I, and I mm. think I, I do lean into it. Not the whole episode, I don't think. No, no, no. And there's a couple of times I sort of switch into the character. Yes. You know, just like... <laughs> Old like, Welsh coach, which I love, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. And it's, you know, it's a bit like when, you know... Dudley Moore would sometimes go into that, you know, that character and, and things like that. And it wasn't him the entire time. Mm. It's just, um, I'm playing a Welsh person. Yeah. And it, it's, again, I, which, I, by the way, is a total. There's that. The people I play <laughs> on that show, right? Those Welsh people, they exist. Oh, not that I am not that. mocking. I, I, I am merely reporting back. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think the Welsh accent is. The, the Welsh accent, as I'm talking now, I don't think is very funny. Now, something like the Irish accent, I think is very funny without having to make an effort. But there are Welsh accents that I don't have that crack me the fuck up. Mm. Uh, you get into West Wales and things like that, that proper you know, working class agriculture. <laughs> I think some of the things they say, some of their turns of phrase are hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm nicking. Good. Got any examples? We're going to reply. Um, they're all very racist. That's the trouble. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. That is a bit of an issue. But this, uh, no, no, no. But this thing, like, I, Joe, I can't think of any examples of it. Exactly. They just swear in a brilliant way. Like, oh, God, God. It's much better than God. Good God. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering more then, but yeah, I guess. But either way, it's not a Welsh accent, but it's fine. Like, I, I, and I do think there are been plenty of times when you know, in the mainstream when. The Welsh seem to have a bit too much of a thin skin about certain things. Like, I think it was on Room 101 a while ago when Anne Robinson said, I don't like the Welsh. I mean, like, how dare she? I thought, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I don't... Can I think... Anne Robinson thinks, so that's, that's fine. I know, I, I, the thing is, I see... It's sort of these little microaggressions that you get from, well, the English establishment. Because I think everyone else mm. thinks we're great. Everyone else in the world thinks we're great. Like Americans, you go to America and they find out you're Welsh and they can't do enough for you. You find your English is very different, and I think that says a lot. Um, but like, it does feel like we get attacked, and that we are punchline quite a lot. And it's just, it's yeah, and it's not quite having a thin skin. It's just sort of like it's exhausting and it's bullshit, and they're cheap jokes a lot of the time. And I'm speaking as a comic, not a Welsh person, saying that. Mm. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welsh sounds funny if you don't understand it, but it is because you don't understand it, all mm. right? Yeah, uh, we, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The reason we like to have road signs that are also in Welsh is. Um, it's our country. It's just things like that. And I, I, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm sure some people are overly sensitive, but I generally, I don't think we are. I think we're just mm. going, come on, guys. Yeah. Fuck off. No, that, that's, like a, that's, that's exactly why I'm doing this. This whole podcast is to try and combat that sort of cheapness to it, the lazy, oh, yeah, the yeah, Welsh. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, was someone in the Gar- there was someone in The Guardian the other day about mm. something, I can't remember what it was, but I, it was some sports correspondent, a columnist had said something, something futile, like, Eating cottage cheese or speaking Welsh, mm. you know, as two examples of things that are pointless. And like, yeah, bent. Well, again, I think I mentioned with this with my previous guest, Caris, but they'd be like, "There's road signs in two languages. It's confusing. It's, if you can't manage a road sign with two languages, you shouldn't be on the road. That's a hill I'll die on. Yeah, probably yeah. on the road because the people are not reading the signs. Yeah, but it is. I didn't mean like sort of you know culturally but too sensitive. It, it, we have every right to be exasperated, but I mean. Like it was in another Guardian thing. Jay Rayner said Cardiff doesn't have that many top flight restaurants. 
um, sort of like proper award-winning ones, which I don't mm. think we do. We have we have a nice range of restaurants, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't like the stuff he's used to. The Edinburghs, the Manchester's, the Londons, which have loads of Michelin stars in them. And I just think that's a fair observation. But yeah, that seems got, reasonable. But that's sort of like yeah. uh, yeah, that's just that feels like that's just a fact. Like you yeah. say, there's some lovely restaurants here, but yeah, you go to other major cities uh, around Scotland, England, and there's more. And it's not like we don't want them. It's not like people yeah. are coming here going, hey, we, we like uh, spill a five-star restaurant here. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. We got chips. It's a chippy alley. We, we, got, we are fine, right? And they, they gravy. We got gravy on them and cheese. Don't get me wrong. I do love that stuff. But <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not like we're turning it away. It's just for mm. whatever reason, mm. they're not here. Yeah, it might be a geographical thing. Like Matt Troy said about Cardiff is just a bit more remote than the... So England yeah, but I mean, like, there's there's some amazing restaurants, especially up in North Wales. There's one called Anis here up mm. in Aberystwyth, which is you know that's as far away as you can get before it becomes the sea. Really. <laughs> and, and but they still manage to get locally sourced yeah. stock, and it's I am I'm desperate to go there, but it, mm. there's no reason these things can't exist in Wales. No, totally, exactly. It's not like we yeah. we, we well, are discouraging these things. Yeah, like, yeah, we only want to eat seaweed and stuff yeah. like that. That's not. A conscious decision we're making, so there's a difference between culturally bashed and just saying you haven't got everything here, and that's that's fine. Exactly, it's yeah. more like a gentle nudge. Maybe you like, maybe you want to get some more James Summer in restaurants. Just a thought. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> there is one. There's one. I think there's one down in Penarth, but I don't know if there's any more. But you know, mm. I don't, I'm not really a restaurant. Do there's a, we just got a um, the IV. We got a branch of the yeah. IV in Cardiff now. We're doing. F- it's coming along. <laughs> that's all we need. I'm not sure there's any wimpies left, <laughs> but we've got the IV. If anyone knows, get in touch. I would like to see a wimpy, which is in service. That would be quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do, we'll do a side by side. All right. Blindfold. Right. Which one of these is from a wimpy? And which of these is from the IV? Uh, is, that a, uh, is that a bender and a bun? <laughs> is the IV doing yeah. a curly sausage? Yeah. Is, yeah. is, is the IV doing a bender and a bun now? I'm going to say the IV. It's wimpy. It's wimpy. It's good, isn't it? Oh, it's better than I thought, yeah. For some of uh, the younger uh, listeners, uh, bender in a bun wasn't offensive when we were growing up. It wasn't. It's not an insult. It was a large, curly disc sausage. Yeah. Which, in hindsight, is a bad shape for any sort of food stuff. It's a yeah. burger. It's a I burger. Know, but given the popularity of the current poo emoji, it's not really... Oh, that's why... Oh, yeah, that's what ruined wimpy. <laughs> yeah, the emojis. <laughs> so, um, back to yourself, actually. Uh, so, education-wise, what, uh, what did you study? Where? Where? When? How? Uh, well, uh, I started in a uh, nursery <laughs> okay. where I uh, did a PhD in <laughs> Lego. And, um, Farm noises. So, well, I ended up, I did a, how, how far forward do you want to skip? Like GCSEs, not a lot. Hmm. Didn't matter back then. Uh, and then went to college. Forget what I, I genuinely can't remember. I was trying to remember the other day what I studied in college. Wow, I okay. don't remember. English, I think, was one. Right. I feel like some history was covered, but it may not have been in a history course. Okay. It was, it's a blur. Yeah. Uh, I did it in a year as well. Okay. I, st- I know I'd started doing a BTEC in media, and I thought, well, that's never going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> so I dropped out uh, of that and ended up working in a cafe for a year instead. Well, I figured out what I want to do. And I figured, uh, well, I'll do English then, but not English lit, which is, even though I loved reading, I was like, ah, I don't want it to ruin reading. So I did English language, which is a very technical yeah, thing about, I can see that though. But none of it mattered in the end because in the end, I um, was um, I had a <laughs> I met a girl in a light club. She was American. I thought, right, I'll do American studies that way. Right, uh, yeah. and then uh, and uh, I thought, right, I'll do a degree in American studies because the third year you get to stay in America for a year. So I, and I'll just see her, and then within about 
genuinely four hours of completing the application to do American studies in university, which broke up. So, which meant I got to do the four year course in three. Right. Okay. So that was a time saver. Mm. So what I've buried there is the fact that I did American studies mm. as a degree. That is something I wanted to bring up because I remember when we first started <laughs> doing stand up, and I remember you had a lot more American politics in your act than was normal then. As in, like now you can just point the president. Well, I think Bush was. I mean, Bush was president. Yeah, I mean, from, from our scene, I think I think you and Clint, your comedy partner from the Drones Club, were yeah, yeah. Both quite political. But that wasn't the default norm. If it, in well, my we, memory, we, we we both of us. I, I thought I was going to be the new Bill Hicks, right? Until I realised um, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, yeah, um, very good. And, and, which was fine, and, and I wasn't. And I, I got, it, was quite, it was quite boring, actually. Not not just for me, but you could tell audiences like we, because Bush was everywhere back then. Yeah, that it's was all yeah. anyone ever talked about. Thank God, you know, it's a much less toxic <laughs> political landscape now. Um, but back then, it was just kind of a boring thing for audiences to listen to and mm. it was it's not like I was doing Edinburgh and finding the audience there it was just you know when you that Hawaiian themed right the place we started doing stand I think about this place all the time okay. so it was a Hawaiian themed restaurant mm -hmm. that served Chinese food and yeah. was run by Iranians Iraqi guys I Iraqi were they yeah. that, that doesn't undermine your point at all so yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh yeah. Um, yeah. but the, and so we started there and, like, and the sort of crowd that was pulling in on a Sunday they were there for the three pound buffet right yeah they they wanted some cheap jokes and some even cheaper chicken, and they and so me trying to do stuff about fucking you know what mm. back then was uh, was Al Qaeda and Bush and things like that, it wasn't really flying. No, that was a tricky room anyway. I mean, that room was there's a bar right in the middle, and there were big row row tables on the left hand side. Yeah, and yeah. row tables on the right hand yeah. side. And sometimes when we started, we were up by the buffet, where the buffet had been. We were yeah. up next to that. The audience was over a railing. It was like doing a stand-up set to your next-door neighbour in the garden. Who <laughs> yeah. well, hadn't asked for one. Who had not asked for one. It was like, I'm, we're just trying yeah. to eat you, mate. Yeah, as, as um, neighbours tend not to do, in my experience. And we had... So, I mean, that's one of the early places. And that's kind of where I learned, right, if I want to actually do this, mm. I'm going to have to figure out a different angle on it. And it took me <clears> a long time. Not not to figure out that I had to do that, but actually figure out how to do that. It took a long took a few years. Mm. It's a nice reflection of multiculturalism in that there was Hawaiian themed restaurant, served Chinese food, run by Iraqis in Cardiff to to grumpy middle aged white people. <laughs> yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of overlap going on there. Not not all of it worked. I'm not saying it was a completely smooth sailing. But I, I remember trying out quite a few different uh, vibes and styles in that place. I think I tried to do angry comedy. I got into Charlie Brooker for a while. Thought oh, I can do. Sarcastic anger. Just, it's not me. I remember you going through your Richard Pryor phase, yeah. I uh... <laughs> <laughs> promised to talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah, that was... Um, it was it was good for experimenting because, sort of, a lot of time nobody cared. So you could, you could at least do what, what felt right for you, I suppose. It didn't... That's the thing. People say that. And I, and you're right, they didn't care. And the apathy used to drive me up the wall. Mm. That's a good point, yeah. yeah, my, yeah. My friend Cody oh, the nice course. thing is they, they didn't care enough to attack me physically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Um, I mean, we obviously we played in other places, but there was back then. Well, how many gigs were there in Cardiff back then? When I mean, we started, there was about four or yeah, five. I'd say four maximum. Well, yeah, or five if you count the ones which lasted two or three days or three or three gigs, and then just faded away again. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. again, there were only eight I comics. Say, yeah, Twelve of us. There, was, there are now in Cardiff right now. There are eight thousand people doing stand up. <laughs> this like room, that. yeah, it's like they're like rats in London. You're never more than six <laughs> feet away. <laughs> From an open mic, yeah, and that's it's, well, it's lovely. Is a tight ten, which is yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it's it, it was interesting. I find obviously because we were the Cardiff scene. A lot of people called us the Welsh scene, which I think is sort of it's correct. Yeah, a reflection of how Wales is sort of 
kind of overlooked and ignored by people outside of it. And that it's Cardiff. There's no, there's no one else in Wales, is it? That's uh, well. Uh, the thing is, so who else was there though? If you look beyond South Wales, there was some in Swansea. Was there back then when we started? Yeah, who was in Swansea? Oh, God, no, you know what, a bunch of names have just popped into my head, and yeah. acts. Okay, yeah, you're right, there was a few. And then North Wales, I imagine there was a few. Tidder, obviously, Tidder Owen would have been up there, mm. but he would have been, to 2005, he was already on TV, mm. S4C, um, had his own show. Yeah, but generally, we were we were the only game in the country. Yeah, I guess so, like, obviously, obviously, we're the closest to the board, apart from Newport, which uh, yeah. people seem to come to. So, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting, it's a weird, I mean, I do remember that Hawaiian gig when I saw, what I still think is like, Oh, not the worst joke I ever saw, but like, oh, really? It was Sunday uh, and that weekend. Gene Pitney had died in Cardiff. Right. I don't know if you were there this night, but... I was in the bar of the hotel when he died. Oh, God, really? What was yeah. that like? Um, did, anyone, did anyone even notice? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get wheeled out. Oh, wow. That's... Oh, yeah. I'll have what he's having. <laughs> okay. um, that's quite uh, a claim to fame of sorts, I yeah, suppose. No, like... um, yeah. Yeah, so Gene Pitney, the news had broken on the Saturday and the gig was on the Sunday. Yeah. And this new guy, I've never seen him since. I don't know if he's still doing it. If he's listening to this, I apologise, but this was quite remarkable to see. He um, said, no, Gene Pitney, it's not about Gene Pitney, you know, but the audience wasn't that old. They were like 35 or under. Gene Pitney, he was uh, from an older generation, I like to think. Yeah. And he, he said, I think he's seen, he, um, he's a bit sad because, uh, you know, he died before he could uh, get flown home. Like, he had, if he'd flown home a day earlier, it would have been all right because what he wanted, he wanted a balsa wood coffin. See where this is going? <laughs> I think so. Well, that's, that's why I went, oh, really? Is he, it was a good five-minute build-up. And at the end of it, he was 24 hours from Balsa. And he was beaten around the head and neck. <laughs> I remember that. They were like, they'd stayed calm for months of our bullshit. And they were like, that's what broke him in there. He got beaten to death with a tiki torch. He's no longer doing it. <laughs> yeah, closed up shortly afterwards. <laughs> we can't have this. But I, you think you see the entire room going, Oh, really? <laughs> From the start. Yeah. So, Gene Pickney. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, hey, God. kids. <laughs> it, was good. It, was just, it was just a remarkable thing to see. Yeah. yeah. I love so, the fact you apologise at the start. goes, forgive me if I'm telling this wrong. <laughs> 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 no, I think you nailed the delivery on that one. Yeah, well, I, I summarised it quite a lot, to be much of a Welsh language scene at the moment do you think there is I mean yeah. it's growing all the time we keep mm. it's we keep, we keep hearing about, and it's one of those word of mouth things there's another great comic mm. right? and, they, and they could kind of get sent to us because it's like we are doing so many uh, live gigs or more than there have been uh, there's a few obviously Gary Slamick or other people are also doing live gigs there's some stuff happening up in North Wales but we've been lucky enough that we've we've done some stuff for S4C stand up wise and uh, digital stuff for S4C so um yeah, we keep our ear to the ground to find out who's doing it. And it doesn't feel as ridiculous anymore to do stand-up in Welsh. <laughs> no. It feels like, whoa, whoa, this is good. This is yeah. There's a reason to do it now. Mm. When I say we, I mean you are the, the Welsh stand-up act. So like, are you, or, or do you produce stuff yourself? Or? I produce stuff with Sarah Breeze, who will be a guest on this. Well, she's currently a guest on this table. But, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Breeze, who will be on a later edition. Uh, and we produce uh, stuff for uh, S4C and... We haven't done anything with Roger Cameron yet. Hmm. A bit on it. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. Okay. Is it different then? Like, uh, I, I know they're, they're separate things, but is there much of an organisational divide between Radio Wales and Radio Cymru? Uh 
I, I don't know. I don't know. Because we don't work for them. We oh, okay. are freelancers, so we don't work for the BBC, but so we don't necessarily know the internal politics. Mm. But what I've heard is, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like boys in the hood when you go over there. It's a turf war. Oh, I'd like to see that, but yeah. I, I also hope it's not true. You just walk in, it's Betty George with an AK-47. <laughs> well, there's an image I never thought I'd have in my head, but thank you for that. Do you, do you still do a lot of radio stuff? What are we doing on radio? Well, we just did a sketch show for Radio Wales called Welcome Strangers. Hmm. And a few documentaries and bits and pieces. As I say, it's five jobs, just bits and pieces of everything. Mm. A little yeah. bit of acting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you've been in a film, haven't you? Uh, I just found out just on the way here that it's currently free on Amazon Prime. Okay, come on. you got to tell us about this. It's, uh, it, um, it's called 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> uh, I don't ask me what I did for the role. I uh, <laughs> my first one. That wouldn't be as <laughs> if you were actually in it. Um, is no, I did. I did it's a, just a film I was in a few years ago, and uh, I uh, I've mentioned it on other podcasts. Go track them down. Okay. Uh, also, you're regular on Smirch Pod. Um, you, are you into? You seem to have quite a, a quite a film buff when it comes to yeah. uh, classic films, though. Uh, it depends what you mean by no. Actually, you know what? Mm. I like any old shit. Okay. Older films, then. I like older films. I like old shit. <laughs> Stop saying shit. <laughs> it's really disparaging. Although, it's like your um, your Robin Smirchbot seems to have become a bit of a uh, formula of you just don't like what you've well, been you doing. This is not an intentional thing. I keep yeah. thinking this is the one. I, so, what was I can't remember what the first one I did. Oh, Little Weapon 4. Now, I knew I hated that. Mm. Then I did Biggles, which I thought, oh, maybe that'll be fun. Wasn't. And then, what all, and then Condo Man with Michael Crawford. Mm. It's, I, I thought I'd like that one I didn't so yeah. next one up I don't know if I'm allowed to say this but Voodoo Kill next and oh. I'm hoping I'll enjoy that mm. but it's um, I, did, I did like the Condor Man one because of a constant reference to Condor Man in Welsh I know do you know what it wasn't until I heard it back I went Condor Man in Welsh I was like Condor Man how have I done no jokes about that Even <laughs> John didn't even pick up on that <laughs> we were so in it yeah in the zone man so do you um, do you have any sort of experience with how you're treated. You said like you went to American stuff and they like you. It's funny you're Welsh. They're quite uh, fond of that. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been to some, I've been to a few countries. I went to Malaysia. They didn't know what Welsh was. So that wasn't a problem. Like I was on a beach in Mexico. My wife was in the water and this American couple said, excuse me, are there, are there turtles in this part? And I was like, yeah, I think there are. She goes, where's that accent? I said, um, um, from Wales. She goes, where's that? It's, um, UK, Cardiff. Next to England, where was, were you in Mexico? Yeah, but and I, they were Americans. Yeah, they, they were they were on holiday too from America, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she said, "Where are you from?" I was like, oh, "From Cardiff." Well, where's that? It's, it's um, it's next to uh, England. And she goes, "Oh, do you know Gloucester?" <laughs> <laughs> we said, "Oh, speak in the language like it should be spoken." I, thought, uh, I, I would dispute that, but thank you for the nice compliment. <laughs> but, uh, fuck I. Yeah, but she didn't know what I meant or what I was. Well, she sounds like a terrible example. Uh, <laughs> quite quite then, possible. I, 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 when I was uh, been over there, a lot, they'll have a guess. They'll be like, which part of Ireland are you from? Mm. Uh, one across the body of water from <laughs> Ireland. Uh, nobody ever thinks I'm English, though, so that's something. Oh, cool. Like, I think I, I did have... Uh, mainly because of the T-shirt I'm wearing, <laughs> <All right. laughs> which has a very specific message on it. Would not... Uh, no. Yeah, I, I've always had perfectly nice... That's good. I mean, I've never had bad experiences of being Welsh outside of Wales, but I think, I guess it's, um, like I mentioned, when I first went to The Guardian to sign my contract to start working there, it had all been arranged by email beforehand. So, like, this is the first time I'm meeting my editors. And when they said hello, and I said hello, and like, oh, okay, that's, 
That's, that's <laughs> you. Uh, yeah. I mean, can can you write? <laughs> well, I have done clearly, but yeah, but it was quite. Um, again, it wasn't a negative thing. They were just genuinely surprised to hear this voice attached to the stuff I do. Well, why do you think that is, though? Do you think that there is a inbuilt, uh, you know, uh, thinking that if you've got a Welsh accent, which, by the way, I don't think you're well, that your accent doesn't sound particularly thick. Yeah, I, 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 my family say I sound posh now. Why? Posh. What do you? What do your family sound like? Oh well, I've, I mentioned my friend Caris, but it used to happen when my grand was didn't pass away. I used to call her just to check in and I'd say to my wife, "Oh, I'm just going to call my grand, okay, just to check in." It was like afterwards, she right goes, "Ah, she's marvelous. Ah, she, she, <laughs> you know, she's doing all right. Her hips are giving her a jip, mind." Because why are you talking like that? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it resets a bit when I sort of talk to the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was how I grew up talking. I, I said, "All right." Um, but education beats. Oh, yeah. It brings you to the middle ground anyway. Essentially. And I also my, my wife is English, um, has a very classical English voice, so so it's you no know, you pick up the mannerisms of those around you, I suppose. What what about your kids? What accent have they got? Have they picked up your accent or an English accent or is it It's a strange one because like with in Cardiff too, they're supposed to lots of different voices. So they do sound they sound posh compared to my family, but they don't sound necessarily you know, home counties English or anything. But my stepdad is a scouser. So occasionally, my kid, my kid will slip into scouse something. Oh wow, daddy, daddy, daddy! Yes, man, come here. <laughs> okay, that's that's new. That's uh, that was unexpected. That's, so. that's going to be quite a melange of things by the time the sixty when it settles yes, down. They have that. So, um, so yeah, but I think I do think oh, that's why I do this whole podcast. That there is a preconception of the Wales and the Welsh language people approach as not being essentially one which adheres closely to intellectual pursuits. If I'm Phrasing it as wordly and diplomatically yeah, as possible. Which is ridiculous. You know, totally, the, yeah, that's why I'm doing this. I, yeah, I, yeah. It, like, we've got one of the oldest uh, libraries in, in Europe, in, in Wales. Hmm? In, um, it's, I mean, it's like video libraries. It's a right. old blockbuster. But <laughs> we've got... <laughs> but, yeah, I, we've got some great universities here. Mm. Where, where, so where does it come from? Is that, do you want to get to the bottom? Is that the point well, of this podcast? To yeah, exactly. Out? I'm trying to figure out where this comes from, so you can combat it. Do you have, do you have any particular theories yourself? I've heard several ones. Well, but... I mean, I've travelled all over the world. And I will say this, the stupidest people I've, I've ever met have been Welsh, hmm. but, but that's just because I've met more of them. Yeah. There's nothing stopping anyone from being Welsh and unintelligent. It's just like the common way we portrayed as if this, that's the default, or you don't get a lot of, there are some notable exceptions in terms of uh, some of our big actors and you know, some of our celebrated poets, but by and large, the preconception is like we are right, oh, marvellous, you know, a bit sort of, a bit naive, a bit parochial. And I, I just think it's, it's unhelpful. The thing is, the impression you just did was just somebody who's upbeat. So maybe we're <laughs> mixing up thick with people who are happy. <laughs> Quite possibly. But you know, ignorance is bliss, so um, that, oh, that, that yeah, does feed yeah. into that somewhat. Who's the, yeah, all right, maybe that's it then. Mm. Maybe if we, thing is, it's not like there's no not bleak Welshman. <laughs> totally, yeah. Oh my, God, that's the, oh, my God. So, yes, so if you sound like, oh, not bad, yeah, pretty good, yeah. Thick. Mm. But, then, but then somebody who's got like a Richard Burton who's moody and mm. grimacing... He drank himself to death, which isn't the brightest move. Dylan Thomas, same thing. Dylan Thomas, but nobody yeah. thinks they're dim. No, exactly. So it maybe yeah, it could be an upbeat thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I, I talked to us Matt Troy's in. He said we are not compared to like the the reserved British stereotype. We're seen as more emotional, more you know the whole kutch thing and we're rowdy and singing and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of this thing, I'm like now emotional is normally seen as not incompatible, but sort of steers away from rational and logical and ergo smart. So I think emotions are normally, I mean, even maybe subconsciously linked or 
associated with being less intelligent. Mm, which is ridiculous. Totally, yeah. I'm, I was reading a book a while back that was about um, some of the some of the military people during British colonialism in the, in the 19th century. Mm. And these people went to the best schools and they would obviously, I'm reading the books, I can't hear their accent, but you know what their accent is going to be like. <laughs> Pippi, my old boy. And these people would just wander into like tribal lands with a shotgun and a dream, right? And like, what's the, and they, you know, often they would not end up in a great situation, but we think of them as just the good old British, you know, bright, they, these people were morons, right? They could, you can't just assume you can walk into somewhere with a gun and a pencil so you can make a map, right? These people were fucked, right? <laughs> But we don't think of them as stupid, even though they are dumber than anyone yeah. I've ever met. No one I know has just wandered into the desert and tried to take it over. Yeah, well, look at Oz's current government. As in, like, the well, people well, yeah, I mean, look where we are now. These yeah. people are highly educated. They speak very poshly. They can quote mm. books. <laughs> Greek ones and stuff. Greek yeah. ones that they might... About, apparently, I love it when every time Boris quotes something Latin or Greek and then a Greek expert straight away on Twitter is going, I don't know what the fuck he said. Right? <laughs> so but lost. the thickies will know. Um... Uh, yeah, maybe the, maybe we are heading towards a reappreciation of what is, what or what the uh, what what the markers of intelligence are. Yeah, well, I would really like to encourage that sort of thing. Is in they said you can't judge it by someone's voice or the way they speak and stuff because that's a product of upbringing, background, environment, and so on. So if you have been taught to speak very classically and very poshly or something, you will come across as intelligent, even though there's no. There's nothing about that which suggests that's, oh, that's automatically going to be the case. Now, obviously, you're in a position now. You're a doctor of uh, brain. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah doctor of you know, head nurse. <laughs> I don't know. Something. Yeah. Um, but you, and you obviously you've got a lot of media stuff. Have you ever had to do media training? A bit for The Guardian, yeah. I had to do sort of, you know, the general introductions and so on. Has anyone ever said to you, um, the Welsh thing, could you tone it down? No. But I've never actually been trained for any sort of um, audio medium. All mine was text and stuff, so it never came across. Okay. It never came a thing. But Karis, so I spoke to Karis Larry, has had that. She did a lot of work for Radio 4. She's good with accents. Right. She did this bit part for wartime play on Radio 4. And she said, what accent do you want me to do this one in? This person in mainland Europe doing the war. And they just said, anything but Welsh. Uh, which was like quite a slap in the face and for no logical reason. Because apparently the Welsh didn't go to war. Was she supposed to be from mainland Europe? or just? A... It was like someone from Britain in mainland Europe oh, right, as a okay. character. So, yeah, anyone but Welsh. But that was, okay, that's quite a endemic, I suppose. Or at least it's clearly well ingrained if that was a reflexive response for someone yeah. high up in the Radio 4. But it's not just a Welsh thing. It's people with any sort of regional accent. They, they get referred to as professional Cockney, professional Geordies, professional Scousers. And, mm. yeah, you're, you're a Scouser. That means you're know, doing it on purpose because mm. everyone knows anyone in the media talks... With a home county accent, and it does very good BBC English. And... Yeah, and I, I think it started because you are starting to get more and more Welsh people in more prominent roles on national media. Obviously, Hugh mm. Edwards going back 25 years now. Yeah. Uh, and um, Stefan Powell on Radio 1, people mm. who haven't, you know, they speak properly, but they speak, it's not like they've gone, let's cut out the Welsh altogether. It's still there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we're moving towards a period of, uh, not period, like an eternity <laughs> of not being. <laughs> Thought of as village idiots. Mm. Well, I did mention it on, on Twitter that uh, so watching the second episode of Star Trek Picard and uh, there's a Romulan in that with an Irish accent, which I just like. It just it amuses me that that's a thing. But we just like, we've got seven or eight series of Star Trek and many films. I've never had a Welsh accent. We might be extinct by this time. Wait a minute. There's got to be someone else in, in all of Star Trek. I've never heard one. 
quite a, quite a big fan. Right, give me a second. <laughs> give me a second. Uh, by the way, I haven't, I haven't seen this episode of Picard yet. <laughs> I'm hoping that there's going to be a space battle with a bunch of... What was he? Romulan. Going, get him! Get him, Derry! Get him. Fire all the photons! You're right, there's never been a Welshman on... Yeah. And it's not like just a passing voice. So they've had Scottish, Irish characters, English characters, obviously. I know Futurama had Welshy. <laughs> yeah. And they, he, he, does, was, he did speak Welsh in that. When he comes out, hmm. he does speak Welsh. And I didn't. It was so badly done, I couldn't I th- tell. I thought he was Spanish. This is the first time no, he comes that. out of Wien Lan, right? Oh, but okay. what he says is. Because it's clearly they, what they had done, because I listened to the commentary, they had gone to a um, somebody who spoke Welsh in LA, hmm. UCLA somewhere, and he had written out phonetically how to say it. And it's oh. a close, if you know what he's supposed to be saying, it's like, okay, it does sound like that. that. Is I genuinely thought he was Spanish this whole time. No. I thought I thought that was the joke. Do you think that was the joke? <laughs> no, 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 joke no, no. He's called oh, Welsh, but he's Spanish. No, no, he comes out and says, I'm completely drunk in Welsh. <laughs> Oh God, that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, she. Yeah. I forgot about that. Thanks for that. That's really, it's really helped. Uh, it's really been a pleasant memory. Yeah. So no, I've, I've never heard a Welsh accent in Star Trek. I mean, they're not obliged to at all. But so they've they've got every other one. So it seems yeah. <laughs> a bit a uh, bit of an omission. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll chuck one in at the next. Yeah, well, one. I've got contacts. I can make that happen. Well, I can. Oh yeah, yeah. I, can, I can request. Who would be? Yeah, I can ask. What she's in the next series. Yeah, she's in the next yeah. series. So um, I meant this before, so people know what I'm talking about. But, yeah. but it's yeah, I could. Um, well, I was, really, Whoopi Goldberg. I was on the phone to her, and I had a proper, let's just say, a classic Welsh moment because we're talking about selling my rights to her production company to make the TV show, and about the book, and she wanted to do a conference call about it, and I thought we'd be talking to. PAs or managers or stuff. I just knew it was her production company yeah, yeah, yeah. who was was interested. Because this, this is my conception of American production companies, just lots of people you know, doing yeah, things yeah, in big yeah. shiny offices and stuff. So it was like 8 o'clock on a Monday, November. I said, right, dial this number to dial into the New York office. So it's me and my agent doing this. He's in London, so I can't see him. So I'm just in my loft room uh, in, in my pyjamas, ironically. <laughs> Bath the kids, I got wet. So I've got pyjamas on now. No one's going to see me. So I'm sat there in a loft room in Cardiff dial in and then Dominic goes says, hi this is Whoopi I'm not trying to do the voice properly but she's <laughs> that's clearly her um, halfway through bless her there's only four of us me my agent uh, her business partner Tom and Whoopi Goldberg halfway through, and she says oh we haven't introduced ourselves yet um, my name's Whoopi I'm an actress <laughs> that's very lovely modest <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but um, at the end of it she, we just throw ideas back and forth and stuff and then she says so where are you guys now and my agent says he's in London which she's familiar with and I say, I'm in Cardiff. He goes, Cardiff, uh, where's that? No, it's Wales. He goes, Wales? So, um, so I don't think of a reference she would get. I said, that's um, next to England. It's where Tom Jones is from. And she said, oh, Wales. I've always wanted to visit there. And just like total valley reflexes. Hey, love, got a spare room? Always welcome to use it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope she'll take me up on that. Because although I would love it if she did, but also that would just be so freaky to have the, the household name just sat in your loft constantly. I mean, constantly. She's not staying. I well, live here now. <laughs> so in my head, it would turn into a sitcom scenario where I can't make her leave. Oh, just, my God. She's just playing the sister act soundtrack on a loop and I'm just I'm banging the ceiling with a brush. <laughs> That's uh, another incident where I went Welsh when I shouldn't have done that and she didn't know what it was. So so there we go. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Do you, still, do you keep in touch? Uh, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> Check up. How's the rugby? <laughs> cool. Very happy with being Star Trek again. But uh, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, any further thoughts on Welshness and the sort of issues we're discussing here? 
I I think we we are heading in the right direction. I'm not. I mean, I, I've got thoughts on. I mean, does it look like independence is going to happen? That sort of thing. My parents are very involved in that. Oh, well, of I'm going to be talking to Adam Price soon, hopefully, and he'll he has plans for that. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, ask. Make sure you don't ask that. <laughs> okay. I don't know what else you were planning on asking him. <laughs> Just the favourite tea is. Isn't it? <laughs> do you know Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Are you? Please yeah. <laughs> stop bringing that up. It does sound like I'm doing that. But yeah. I, 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 do, I, do you know what? This is a weird thing because it feels like it's gaining momentum as well as an events thing, mm. and I'm not 100 percent sure how I feel about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of on the fence that too. But well, I, I think we're going to wait and see how this Brexit pans out because yeah. fingers crossed, it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's the ideal scenario, isn't it? But um, I reckon, given the psychological aspect, I reckon if Ireland and or Scotland go, we'll be very keen to follow them. I get a feeling Bristol's going to go. A lot of them say we want to go. Cornwall, Devon are like, we're going to fuck up as well. Yeah. Not so bad thing, I suppose. We'll get along. It's just going to be Northampton on its own in the <laughs> middle of the yeah, English like, Channel. If all of England leaves the rest of England. <laughs> who, who, actually, you know what? I'm saying that about Northampton. I have no idea how Northampton voted. You could be massive bunch of Remainers. I have no idea. This is beyond my, my realm of experience. Anyway, I think that's. Uh, a lovely summary of the situation. Thank you very much, Dan Thomas. Thank you. So, that was Dan. Yeah, he's a very funny man. I'll link to some of his stuff, uh, if I can, on the webpage for this episode. So, check that out. So, a uh, few things to clarify, as ever, now that I've listened back to it. The... Anne Robinson, Welshaw, thin skin thing that I mentioned. I've considered this a lot more since, and I have since revised my opinion, or at least uh, realised I should have expressed it a lot better. I think Dan's right when he says the constant microaggressions get to people and they have every right to be frustrated. I think what I was doing perhaps was mixing up genuine objections to things like that with uh, cynically motivated performative offence which some of the Welsh media are guilty of. I will I will actually be coming back to this with another guest in a future episode, um, particularly in the context of the whole Jay Rayner for all, where he just offhand said that Cardiff doesn't have a great selection of top restaurants. So I'll go into more specifics about that then in a future episode. But for now, I'll just say I think I was wrong there, and I don't think Welsh people are necessarily thin-skinned. So one point to Dan, I guess. Um there's a part when I said about uh, someone complaining about Welsh language road signs. I did an impression of that person and gave them a Welsh accent, which seems counterproductive. I uh, just got mixed up in my head there. But in my defence, there are Welsh people who object to the bilingualism. That's a whole other issue that should be explored at some point soon. A bit about the turf wars between BBC Radio Wales and Radio Cymru. I don't know any of those people that Dan mentioned. Um, I was playing along. I uh, didn't want to seem ignorant, but um, I'm not. I don't really listen to the radio at all, so... I have no idea who I was talking about there, so apologies to anyone who picked up on that. I uh, mentioned Smirshpod a few times. This is John Rain's podcast, originally all about uh, James Bond, then expanded to cover Michael Caine's filmography, and then 80s action movies and more. It's really very good, and you definitely should check it out. Dan pops up on there occasionally. Again, I'll link to that uh, on the webpage. So, mainly, the thing about playing up the Welsh stereotypes for the sake of comedy. Now, I actually met up with Dan after recording this, and... I said I was sorry because I felt I came across as needlessly judgmental, you know, like some bargain basement values paxman. But ironically, he said he'd been thinking about it a lot since we spoke and he decided I was probably right and he does it too much. So we both felt the other one had a point. And I still don't know really where I stand on this because it is a tricky one. 
where is the line between poking fun at yourself and perpetuating unpleasant stereotypes? Is it okay to do it yourself, but not okay when other people from outside your culture or group do it first? Is it a power dynamic thing? Or does it change from audience to audience, format to format? Honestly, I don't really know. Pretty much every comedian I've ever encountered is an exaggerated version of themselves on stage. Like I'm a lot more deadpan and analytical than I am here, for example, if you ever see me in a book talk or something like that. It's the nature of the format, I guess. You expand and enhance recognisable traits of your character for an audience of essentially strangers. And one of your recognisable traits is being Welsh, and of course you bring that up, particularly if it's a big chunk of your identity and your persona. But at what point are you playing up to, and hence confirming in a way, negative stereotypes about yourself and your culture? When are you basically allowing people to laugh at you, not with you? Dan doesn't do this. Dan Thomas does not do this. I must stress that. But I, I have seen it done, uh, surprisingly and depressingly often. Many years ago, I was in a comedy contest in England, and by sheer coincidence, the three acts on before me were also Welsh, and their sets consisted almost entirely of sheep jokes and confessing to having regular carnal relations with um, you know, our more common livestock. It worked in my favour, actually, because when I went out and said, I'm Welsh too, but I'm also a neuroscientist and have no jokes about bloody sheep, I got an applause, I think purely for not pandering via hack material. I guess the audience is a bit more savvy than the acts in this particular occasion. I don't really know the answer to all of this, but I suspect it'll be something I come back to again in future episodes. It's worth considering, though, given how many times I've flagged up the aren't-we-all-daft tone taken by most Welsh or Wales-based sitcoms. Negative portrayals aren't helpful, but neither is having no sense of humour about yourself. Um, it's a tricky line to walk sometimes. So, again, this was an episode of Smart Welsh People, intro and outro music by John Mouse, all associated artwork by Miriam Gibbs of the Dragon's Kutch. If you have any questions or feedback, you can now email me at smartwelshpeople at gmail.com or follow the Twitter account at smartwelshpod. As ever, I'm Dr. Dean Burnett. To find out more about me, my books, and another output, go to deanburnett.com. This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. For more podcasts, blogs, documentaries, and the ongoing Stay at Home Festival, which features brilliant guests from the world of science, music, comedy, and more, live online weekday mornings at 10am and other times, visit cosmicshambles.com. The Cosmic Shambles Network is supported by your pledges on Patreon. You can support this podcast and everything we do at Cosmic Shambles for as little as $1 a month and get some great rewards for doing so. Pledge now at patreon.com forward slash bookshambles. Thank you for listening. The Ochavalch.